JJ Jackson inside the studio with Brant Daughtry and Ryan Lavoy. And boy, oh boy, are we thrilled to go to our Auburn Bank phone line to bring on a very good friend of ours, a good friend of the program, the host of Locked on Auburn, the one, the only, Zach Blackerby, kind enough to join us here on the show. How are you today on this Thursday, Zach? Gentlemen, it is a beautiful day outside, and I'm pumped to have the opportunity to talk to y'all for a few minutes. I can't wait. We've got a lot to discuss. Getting a little exercise in this afternoon, and I'm glad we were able to uh, to be squeezed into your schedule, Zach, knowing how busy things are this time of year. How quickly after the basketball season came to a close for the Tigers did, did you kind of transition into full spring football mode for Auburn? Uh, instantly. Instantly. We did a post-game show, a uh, live post-game show right after Auburn fell to Miami, and then <laughs> – the next day on Locked on Auburn, it was all about spring football. So, um, And it's a big one. J.J., as you know, I mean, there's a lot of different guys that you're hearing good things about. And, you know, Brian Harson's culture is starting to kind of integrate itself within the program. So uh, the answer to your question is, is quickly, and uh, I think it's a good thing. So we're talking spring ball then, and now people are like, wait a minute, we've got to get caught up on what's been going on because we've been so dialed into March Madness and to this Auburn team that won the SEC, and it's so exciting. And now football is here. We know a quarterback battle is taking place. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute, it's not really a quarterback competition right now because a couple of guys have been banged up and haven't been able to go full go. So what's the current status of that quarterback room? Yeah, I like what I'm here with T.J. Finley. When Robbie Ashford announced he was transferring, I didn't really get it. But, you know, I think he's a factor. I think he's a relevant competitor in all this. But, you know, I had Donovan Kaufman, of course, the Auburn defensive back. He came on my show that's up as of this morning. And I asked about the quarterback battle. And, you know, he talked about Zach Calzada being limited. You know, so how much can he really compete? But I asked him point blank, like, how much is he actually able to participate? Because we've seen him do a little bit of indie work, you know, as far as quarterback drills before the whole team comes together to do 11-on-11 stuff. And I asked him, I was like, hey, is he able to do any 11-on-11 stuff? And he said yes. And he said that he's looked good, and he's been able to connect with, with some of the starting wide receivers, with some of these reps. So you know, maybe Calzada is more involved than we thought he would be going into spring and you know regardless of if it's calzada the wins the job or tj finley i think more competition the better and i think we are getting that fully in spring zach there's been reports of a a couple of injuries that have kind of taken hold and some guys that are being held out and i almost hate to word it like this but given those injuries who's a guy that's getting a little more extra reps right now do you that you think is going to really benefit from that later Sure. So, uh, you know, there's a ton of injuries on the offensive line, and it's the interior guys. It's the Nick Brahms, it's the Brandon Council, it's the Keandre Jones. And I think we all kind of know where Auburn is with the interior offensive line. So I I don't think that matters a whole lot. But the big one is Austin Troxel not being there. And, you know, he's probably going to start at one of these tackle positions, but it's given Auburn a chance to, you know, no matter – what part of practice it is, they're able to look at two tackles at any given time, and a lot of the time it's Killian Zaire or Brendan Coffey or Killian Zaire and Alex Jackson, which I think there's a very real battle between Jackson and Coffey happening at right tackle. I don't know if anything else really matters across the offensive line, so that's one that I think is interesting. And then Jarquez Hunter, you know, news breaking, what I guess I was last week now, where he could have missed two months due to just kind of some 
routine, cleaning out the knee. And uh, the number three running back in this offense is an interesting storyline, in my opinion, because we all assume it'll be Damari Austin just because it almost feels like this coaching staff owes Damari Austin because he really kind of pulled this recruiting class together. But it's a freshman who's not on campus yet. And so what does that look like? And so is it a guy like Jordan Ingram? You know, you, you, you hear other guys' names, but, I, you know, I just think they're spring flings. But Jordan Ingram, I think, is an interesting one that could be benefiting from Jarquez Hunter not getting reps this spring. Defensively, Zach Owen Papo was a guy that coming into last year was obviously highly credentialed. Uh, the thought was that could be his last year at Auburn, but injuries really derailed his season. And it ends up almost as a blessing in disguise for this year's team to have him back with some younger linebackers. So talk a little bit about his leadership in that linebacker room and, and just how talented, in case people forgot, that uh, Owen Papo is. Yeah, he moves so well. I mean, you just talk about a guy that can cover so much ground. There's going to be some NFL teams that look at him as a defensive back in the process. And, you know, maybe him coming back, he wants to prove that he can be a linebacker at the highest level. I think that may be some of it as well. And I think NIL is taking good care of him, too. So, you know, I don't think he's in a hurry um, to be a leader of this team. But, yeah, I mean, he's a a stud. I mean, uh, and you look at how involved he's been with some of these younger linebackers like Cam Riley, um, he's just been really stealing the show on the defense. When you talk to some of the current players, they really love what they've seen from Cam Riley. And Cam Riley won't stop growing. He's like a weed. I mean, he's up to like 6'5 and 235. I mean, he's a huge human being. And so that's something that you got to like. And then Wesley Steiner, I mean, even back when Auburn was recruiting this kid out of high school, you heard just how athletic he was. And I think he had a higher spark score than um, than Owen Papo. And so can they turn all that athleticism into a really good football player? It's too early to tell. Uh, But Christian Robinson, the new linebackers coach, he's got his hands full. And I think that could be a blessing in disguise, too. He could focus on these guys without having to worry about Owen Papo. And, um, you know, obviously Eugene Asante is another one, the transfer from North Carolina heard nothing but good things from him it sounds like he's impressed early and often so I think the linebacker room may be deeper than it was a year ago which is crazy because you lost to Kobe McLean and Chandler Wooten Zach Blackerby our guest here on the program he's the host of Locked on Auburn and a publisher for Auburn Daily a part of the Sports Illustrated family Locked on Auburn a podcast available on every single platform imaginable and you can watch and look at Zach's beautiful face on YouTube each and every (laughs) day so yeah had to throw that one in there you're welcome All right, so we're we're talking about this Auburn football team and talking about the the show that you host Locked on Auburn and you mentioned Donovan Kaufman you've also been able to talk to the likes of Eke Luota shout out to the hometown of Asheville and a bunch of other players, Zach. Is there a vibe at all that, like, kind of those offseason uh, rumors, so to speak, and, and just drama surrounding the head coach going into year two? Is that just kind of washed away, or just kind of what's the energy been like when you've been interacting with some of these players? Yeah, so every player that I've talked to, without me bringing it up, I actually tried to go out of my way to avoid it because I'm so done with all of the, the horses stuff, right. the rumors, and things like that. But the players bring it up because the players looked at it as a positive as far as bringing the team closer together. And like I said, I'm not bringing it up. They're bringing it up. And I think that kind of adds some validity to it. It adds some importance to it when they're bringing it up 
on their own. These are kids that are kind of coached to be tight-lipped, and they're choosing to, to bring that up. So, you know, maybe that was a, a positive thing that happened. As far as internally, I think externally it's still pretty bad and pretty messed up with what happened. But, you know, as far as, um, as, far as the team being closer, I think it's a great thing. I was talking with somebody else on another show about, you know, about, uh, I think it was like two months after Harson got hired. I was talking to a player's parent that listens to the show. They reached out and they really wanted me to know this. And it was, you know, their kid, you know, played for Gus and then obviously now is playing for Harson in this new era. And they were experiencing something a lot different. And it was, they made a point to work out with different groups of people on their team instead of just wide receivers working out together or instead of just people that were lifting close to the same amount of weight for workout purposes and efficiency um, in a group. It was just essentially random. And there were, you know, you would have walk-on receivers with starting cornerbacks or <laughs> You know, also there would be you know a, a tight end and a you know a left guard in there that you were kind of paired with to cultivate this team wide unity. And I think now we're seeing that over time, since Brian Harson was hired to now, you're starting to see that kind of take effect. And this team really gets along. This team really feels close to one another on offense and defense. There's no split down the middle. And I think that's something that you know we've talked about since Harson's been here. He's a big culture guy, and I think you're starting to see. The, the team as a whole be bought into it. I like that. I hadn't heard that before, but that's really interesting in a different way of doing things. And it seems like it's paying off to kind of separate position groups and, and have the integration there taking place. All right, I, I have gone this long, but I need, I need a thought on uh, special teams, Zach, before we get out of here. Give me a, a thought on special teams with Auburn football in spring practice. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think the biggest part of special teams for Auburn is Anders Carlson, he messed his knee up towards the end of last season, but you know was doing some stationary kicking at the scrimmage. So I think that's something um, that Auburn fans could be excited about. Uh, a, a dude that I really like, and I don't know how much playing time he's going to get, and if he gets playing time, it may have to be through special teams. But Jay Fair was back there returning kicks and punts, and I think I think that's a name to watch, gentlemen. I'm really okay. high on Jay Fair. I'm going to mark that one down then. I'm going to mark that one down. Uh, all right, Zach, we're talking about uh, A-Day being here in nine days. Are we going to learn anything from A-Day? What, what's going to kind of be the big thing uh, when that annual event takes place? No way. Absolutely yeah. not. And that's okay. That's okay. But you're going to watch every second of it. Uh, dude, I'm going to be at the beach. That's how much I don't think it matters, JJ. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think there are things that you can take from it. You know, I think there are certain traits that show up whatever you're playing in front of, you know, you know, a full-speed scrimmage. So I think you can look at offensive linemen or defensive linemen in their first step. You know, that's something that always stands out. You can't really hide that. And then, you know, I think the order of when people go in matters. I think it kind of gives you a, a glimpse of the pecking order. It's definitely not anything set in stone, but I think it gives you some information. But, guys, I think that's about it. I think that's about all that we're going to get. And so – uh, it'll be fun. It's always fun to, you know, fill up Jordan Hare Stadium or, you know, have the opportunity to go. And, um, yeah, we get to look at Eku Leota, and I think that's really the, the best thing. We all win Eku when Leota. that happens. 
He's an absolute unit. Absolutely. Yeah, from the best place in the whole wide world. All right, you're going to be at the beach. I'm going to be in Fayetteville, Arkansas with the Auburn softball team. So uh, we, we both will not be watching A-Day take place. And uh, yet we'll find out what happens after the fact. All right, Auburn basketball, Zach. What, 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 what What's going on there these days now that the season's come to a close? Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to get one of the best recruits in the history of the program in just a few hours. I think Johan Traore, uh, Auburn is the clear favorite to land his services. It sounds like it's either going to be Auburn or, uh, or Texas Tech. Picking Auburn over Texas Tech, Gonzaga. Uh, I mean, that is just absolutely crazy. And then Michigan's his other uh, Final Four team there. But, you know, it, this, is, uh, this is a huge get, especially um, – especially with Jabari more than likely moving on. I think Walker Kessler is eventually going to move on as well. So you got to rebuild, you know, your, uh, your big men. And Johan Traore, 6'10", 220 pounds as a senior in high school and uh, a top six player in all of high school basketball. You, uh, you take that every single day. And so that's, that to me is the biggest news. We also see where Devin Cambridge and his brother will be moving off to. Um, tonight they're going to make a joint announcement. So those are, uh, yeah, we get some answers tonight, JJ. That's going to be fun. There we go. I love it. All right, it's been Zach Blackerby. He's the host of Locked on Auburn. Do yourself a favor, listen to his podcast each and every day. It's an easy listen, and you will be entertained. You'll also be informed with everything you find. Leave the guy a five-star rating and review wherever you get your podcast wow. and subscribe and that sort of thing. But I need your help here, Zach. I gave the plug there for Locked on Auburn, but how can we help support Auburn daily? Tell me how we can do that yeah just type in auburndaily.com and check it out or uh, you know search auburn daily on facebook or twitter jj before i go i have a question for you okay go for it how are you holding up man i'm Obviously, not sleeping uh, saturday's <laughs> a big uh saturday's gonna be a big day for you i'm not sleeping i'm i'm, yeah. I'm really nervous and uh yeah yeah that's how I'm doing. I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm optimistic, but uh, it, it's it is a huge one. Uh, I've had a lot of people call in and ask me how I'm feeling. Uh, I've been wearing Duke gear every day, and uh, yeah. Also, check out Lockdown yeah. Blue Devils while you're at it. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any chance that Duke loses. I, I really don't. And and I'm gonna be honest, JJ. I'm pulling for North Carolina because I just think it'd be hilarious. But <laughs> I understand. Um, you know, the NCAA wants Duke and Coach K to win this thing. Heck so yeah. I, I, think, I think you're going to be okay. I, I really, really do. But, man, I, I can't imagine. I, I, just, I can't believe they've ever played in the tournament before. Isn't it that's, wild? That's what blew. Yeah, that is wild. I mean, it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. The, so, the more, I'll be thinking of you when I watch that one. Yeah, the, the more you kind of hear about it and know that there are these NCAA tournament regulations in place that if you play a team X number of times through a season, you can't play them in the tournament until a little bit later. And so that's kind of been how it's been able. But still, it's the two best programs, uh, two of the best in the history of the sport. You'd figure at some point or another they would have met in the final four at least but yeah, here we are so many final fours between them they've never done it the same year yeah. it's amazing it's insane and the fact that it happened coach k's final year uh, unbelievable right you couldn't write it any better it's, it's amazing so it's amazing yep. well we appreciate the time zach and we'll do this again soon okay hey thanks guys talk to y'all soon